You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Bridget and Scott, for the third straight game, the Bruins have given up at least five goals in a the game. They look awful. They look like Swiss cheese. I know Scott prefers cheddar, but they look like Swiss, and it just hasn't been great for them. And it's one thing to lose. Losses are going to happen. It's another to just not look competitive at all. And for the last nine periods of hockey for this team, they haven't been very competitive at all. So let's start with our opening shifts and get right into what's ailing this team as of late. First off, I probably prefer Provolone above everything else anyways. Um, yeah, so my, my opening shift uh, is it's time to split up the top line. Jim Montgomery already got a head start on that because he did it late in the second period of Monday night's game. But we had talked in the last podcast about the Marshan Zaka Pasternak trio being a little bit quiet the last few games. And I think they really hit a low point Monday night. Uh, when they were on the ice before getting split up, the Bruins had been out attempted nine to three, outshot four to one, outscored two nothing. Just just awful. And it was four straight games for them without a goal as a line. So we can talk about, you know, what we think might work going forward or what they might do. They ended up on three different lines, um, which I think might be a good idea. Um, Just because it seems like whatever momentum they had been building has been gone for, you know, basically for a week now. And they might have to all kind of refine their form away from each other. Yeah. My opening shift is that they, I mean, for the first five minutes of the game, it looked like, okay, Bruins are back on track. And then from that point on, it looked, it it just was disastrous. Um, It was so bad that for the first time this season, uh, they had to pull a goalie mid game and we haven't seen that in a long time. So Swayman played the first, period in like five minutes or so um he got pulled in the second after it after letting up two goals and I they were a little bit soft but it, it felt like also was really just a message being sent from Montgomery uh so Walmart comes in and it was it just wasn't a great goaltending game either I know uh, Olmark made some good saves once he got in, but it we talked about how the goaltending was saving them and they've been giving up you know they've They've given up five goals in the last three games, like we mentioned, and they gave up um, more of this over the stretch of the past four games than you 
than they had been as well. So it's it's been the goaltending hasn't been as solid either. <laughs> so you talk talk about switching up the first line. Um, goaltending still not the issue, but it, it it just wasn't as sharp. And Bridget, uh, before we started recording, you mentioned that it was the first time in ten years that the Bruins had given up five plus goals in three straight games. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, that's yep. That was at the end of the broadcast. Uh, that's the first time, which it's been a long time, and you you kind of like it, kind of a jarring stat too, because it's like okay, well, I mean, we know that they've had some bad stretches, but at least in those bad stretches over the last ten years, I guess they weren't they still weren't giving up that many goals that close back to back. Yeah, and a big reason why that is so infrequent is because this team has an identity over the last call it 15 years really of getting back on track when you do have those those hiccups right not letting a loss turning into a turn into a losing streak um they've always responded when they've had a couple of off games um they seldom lose back-to-back games especially in regulation or let alone three with the amount of goals given up and a big part of it is because of their identity and their identity has always been you know, the, the team's changed personnel-wise, and it's changed year to year. Um, but there's always been that some years they have more offense, some years they have a little more physicality, but there's always been goaltending and defense uh, as their identity, and and that's just gone out the window the last week of hockey. Um, so I guess my opening shift is, like, is this a bit of an identity crisis for them? Like, they're supposed – we all knew they were going to maybe struggle offensively outside of Pasternak this year and a couple of others, but defensive goaltending was going to be their their bread and butter to keep them in these games, and that has been the entire team has been terrible, offense, defense, and goaltending. Um, so, you know, I, I mentioned after the Rangers game, like adversity is good. We the Bruins kind of aside from McAvoy and Marshan starting the year on the shelf last year. Last year's Bruins didn't really face a ton of adversity heading into the playoffs. The last couple of losses to Detroit and the Rangers was a good opportunity to, to learn from adversity and be better off for it. But if you allow it to compile too, too much, you don't want it to, you know, when it rains, it pours, you don't want it to pour. You want it to, you know, subside a little bit. So um, is this an identity crisis for the Bruins? Do you see this potentially slipping? I mean, they get San Jose next. If they lose to San Jose, they could start, you know, panicking. The reason teams get into losing streaks is because you just, you start to lose that swagger and that confidence. Yeah. And it would also be concerning if they lose to San Jose because they finally get to practice in between games. Uh, So they have Tuesday off as a travel day coming back. And then they get a full practice on Wednesday before they play again, Thursday night. They have not practiced in a week and a half. Their last practice was a week ago, Sunday. So it's, it's not an excuse because the schedule's been kind of busy for everyone. And Columbus, by the way, just played a back-to-back. They played on Sunday as well. Um, but it, it is harder to correct mistakes, right? If you're starting to have breakdowns defensively in your coverage or your rush defense or offensive zone sites or whatever it might be, wherever the breakdowns are happening, it's harder to fix that when you can't get on the ice and practice and actually go through those reps. Um, you know, you, you only do so much in a morning skate. You're not really going through stuff over and over and over again. You're kind of hitting a couple basic things. You can look at video, but that's video. You're still not on the ice doing it. So 
yeah, I'm sure they're going to have a lot to work on Wednesday in practice. Um, but they should be able to get some stuff corrected. And you would think come out with a much better effort Thursday. You're right. If they don't, and if they keep playing like they have these last three games, then that is pretty concerning. Um, you know, it. as far as an identity crisis, I'm not quite there yet because – Again, I like I think they have a chance to work through this. I think the mistakes are correctable, but certainly, um, you know, certainly a low point. Like it, losing the, those games to Detroit and New York, that's one thing. Those are two playoff teams. The Rangers right now are the best team in the conference, you know, a couple percentage points ahead of you. Um, Columbus is just not they're not a good team. They have the worst record in the Eastern conference. So that really, you probably shouldn't have needed practice to be able to bounce back against Columbus. And yet here we are, they played awful against Columbus. Yeah. And think about how many breakaways they went on and didn't score on. Like they could have, they they could have had more, you know, they, they could have tacked on more goals. Johnny Gaudreau had like two breakaways um that got stopped I mean they did score on one of their breakaways but um you can't just let that happen and and that's a defensive breakdown I know you know Gaudreau was kind of cheating and whatnot but um those are just things that we haven't really seen happening uh with the Bruins earlier in the season and yeah definitely practice is much needed I wonder what that's going to look like because last time Montgomery thought people were sluggish he ran them so I I just wonder what kind like what is the approach in this practice we're kind of starting to learn a little bit more about what Montgomery's coaching style is like when the team is struggling whereas last year we didn't see it all that much Um, I have a question to go back to let's go back to Scott's opening take for a second split up the top line is uh was yours and i want to get everybody's like idea of what the line combinations like what in your mind would work to get to kickstart something for some of these players like i understand moving Pasternak next to some of the players who might be slumping a little bit could maybe help them but we're dealing with some snake bitten people potentially um, all getting put onto the same line. So uh, just everybody's thoughts on what do you want as your top six? And I guess really top nine, because it affects the third line as well. Scott, do you want to go first? Yeah. I, I mean, so I guess it's probably worth starting with um, where Montgomery eventually ended up for the third period, which was he had Heinen, Patra, Pasternak as a line. Marshan Coyle DeBrusque, Van Reemsdyke Zaka Geeky, and then Lauko Beecher Frederick. I guess I'd be okay sticking with that, but I'd probably make just a couple tweaks. I'd put DeBrusque with Potra and Pasternak. And then a couple things there. Like you're you're keeping Potra and DeBrusque together, who again, I think for the most part have played pretty well, just haven't scored a ton. Well, give them Pasternak and see if they start scoring a ton. Uh, then I'd put Frederick back with Coyle, so I'd go Marshan, Coyle, Frederick. Um, you know, keep Coyle with one of his usual uh, wingers. Marshan has probably 
been at his best this season when he was with Coyle earlier in the year. And it, it sounds kind of crazy to think like, oh, put Marshan with Coyle to get Marshan going, right? Like usually that would be like a thing you do to get Coyle going. Um, but that's sort of what it feels right, like right now. I mean, no one's playing better than Coyle, so maybe that does help Marshand out. And then with Zaka, you know, JVR is probably on his wing because uh, they're kind of just what's left. And then you put either Geeky or Heinen on their right. And I guess I'd go Heinen because I think he's I think he's been playing pretty well for the most part. So, um, you know, you could call that the third line if you want and then leaves you with kind of the same fourth line of Lago, Beecher, Geeky. Or if you want to get Steen back in there, I'm fine with that, too. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, I I, I really don't have any arguments there, Scott. I think you try to you try to get everybody to be in a situation where they can either break out of a slump or get somebody else going. Um, I mean, as it pertains to DeBrusque, it's like, and I think there's a question on him, so maybe we'll get into it a little bit more later, but you don't, it's almost like you don't really want to reward him because he hasn't been producing, but he hasn't been producing, right? So something's got to give and, and maybe it's because you need to put him with somebody, um, you know, that can, that can be more of a, an elite playmaker. And while he's had opportunities to play with those people in the past, that's the past, like what can help this Bruins team tomorrow. And I think, yeah, I think the lines you said, I, I, I co-sign on, it's just kind of a matter of like spreading things out a little bit and seeing, seeing what's, what sticks. Obviously, um, JVR coil and Frederick has been, has been good. Um, don't love the idea of breaking them up, but, like, you know, they're not Gretzky and Curry out there and, and, and it's, it's about the team, not one line. So um, I, I, I would echo what you said. Yeah. And, and they did have pasta, Patra, DeBrusque together at different points in the game. I do not like the idea of a Marshawn coil DeBrusque line only because I feel like Marshawn and DeBrusque are the two most like snake bait guys on the team right now. Coyle is doing well, but like, I don't want that. I don't want it compounding and maybe taking away from Coyle, especially since we know his success has come with Frederick and, and uh, Van Riemsdyk. I do like pasta Patra DeBrusque. And the whole point of that line would be to get everybody more involved in the offense. And when you have a guy like Pasternak on the ice, a lot of the defense has to end like, he's drawing defenders. Like he's the guy on the ice that is getting the most attention. Maybe that opens up room for DeBrusque. Maybe that opens up room for Potter to be a little bit of a better playmaker. He maybe has a little bit more room to stick handle. Um, Maybe it turns out that, you know, that that ends up solving a little bit of that problem. Potter did score in the last game. Him and Beecher had the only two goals. Um, and it was kind of accidental. Uh, it was it was a good finish. Um, it was like an accidental pass for McAvoy. But um, 
Either way, I like th- that's the line I, I really like. Marshawn Coyle Frederick, I'm okay with. I just don't know if if that's gonna help. And then like if you if you kept the Coyle Frederick JVR line together, would a Marshawn Zaka Heinen line work? Like, do do you guys think that that would be fine? I kind of I want to do what Montgomery did on Monday, and that is split up that entire top line, like everyone away from each other, because you could do that, but like I don't think Marshawn Zaka has been working as part of a, as part of a line, so. I would get them all away from each other and like just give them all different looks. Um, I guess it could be interesting to see Zaka and JVR because they work together on the power play and like they a lot of times are like switching net front and bumper like they'll be moving up and down the slot like it could it could work with JVR and Zaka. They haven't really played together 5 on 5, but they play together on the power play. I guess that could get something going. I mean Real quick, I just kind of want to mention maybe the elephant in the room that none of us have really said out loud, including myself, and it's kind of like coming to mind, and you guys bringing up these talking points makes it come to my mind a little bit more, obviously. But um, I haven't seen, like, Martian and, and Pasternak have not, I mean, they're far from the chemistry that they created a couple of years back. I mean, they didn't play together at all last year outside of the power play, really. Right? I mean, it was, it was Pasternak. Krejci and Zaka so my point is like they've been away from each other as line mates for so long without Bergeron in the middle they, they just they don't really seem like they have much chemistry I don't know if I'm off saying that um it seems like two guys who want the puck and it seems like Bergeron was just the perfect complement for those two players and without him in the middle and it's no disrespect to Zaka I I have not seen Marshan and Pasternak look dynamic together for quite some time even before this year, because last year they, they, they really, really played together. So I, I don't think that this team, like we mentioned earlier on uh, previous episodes, like maybe the Bruins load up that top line with, with Marshan, Pashanak, and Zaka. I don't even think that's loading up your top line anymore because they haven't shown that they can really produce five on five together in a couple of years, mainly because they weren't together to do so. But when you're apart for so long, it takes a while to re- re- rekindle that chemistry, especially with a different centerman. So I don't even know if the Bruins are better off, as we're discussing, even having them on a line together, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought they had, like, started to show something. And, it, you're like, it wasn't perfection line type dynamite. But before this most recent tough stretch, they – like that line did score in four straight games. They had five goals in, in a four game stretch um, chances, shots on goal. All that was like in the Bruins favor. And it was like, okay, that's starting to look like, like a top line. Like this is, this looks pretty good. And then these last four games, it's really just falling apart. And it's, it's not like they're the only ones on the team that that's the case for, but I do think like part of a big part of the Bruins struggles is that their best players have, have not been anything close to their best players. Um, You know, if you look at like who's in the, like I took these last five games. uh, So lumping in like the Tampa loss and the Florida win. And if you look at like, who's been on the ice for the most goals against Charlie, 
five on five, most goals against these last five games. Charlie McAvoy, seven. David Postonark, five. Forbort, four. Martian, four. Zaka, four. Lorai, four. It's like that that's your top line and the guys who were playing on your top pairing. Like that, that can't happen. And I think I, I would say like McAvoy's probably been the, the least at fault out of all those names I, ju- I just read off. But that top line has clearly been at fault for quite a bit of the Bruins' recent struggles. Uh, without a doubt, honestly. And, and I guess you're right, Scott. They did, they did produce um, a little bit before this last tough stretch. But, I mean, Martian and Pashnak, they were like the, watching the Globetrotters back in the day when they were together. And they're far from that and not having Bergeron. Along with, you know, Martian's getting a little bit older and longer in the tooth and he has he's had hip surgery maybe he's not the same player he was obviously back in 2017 18 19 that's possible too um 2020 but another thing that i'm looking at and um you know i can't help but think that this is problematic for this team right now is they're not getting any production from their back end now they're not getting production from up front very in many places either um but if you look at if you look at their defense core i mean mcavoy has 14 points, which is like in 17 games, which is, you know, obviously respectable. Oddly enough, McAvoy is a minus two on the season. Hmm. Um, but then you go down and you have Lindholm with five points, Carla with five points, Lorai four, Shattenkirk four, Forbert three, Mitchell two, Grizzly one, one point in 11 games. Like they're getting no production from their back end either. Um, and, you know, scoring, make no mistake about it. Offense is a team game. Yes, you have forwards that score, but it, it starts from the back end, starts in your own zone. It's a complete team effort, and um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of things. Now, at the same time, they're what fourteen, like four and one or two, like they have to, whatever the record is. Like they still have a great record. So, but if we're talking about recent struggles and even struggles that they were having while they were winning, um, yeah, you can't help but look at the back end too and see that no one's really producing much of anything. I mean. For Lindholm to have five points, um, you know, that's not good enough. Like, you need him to you need to be a little bit closer to McAvoy. If McAvoy has 14 points, Lindholm needs eight, you know, not being tied with Carlo. Yeah, I mean, it's been – it's just been noticeable offensively for the last few games. And we mentioned on the last podcast, it was like – I think we asked, like, oh, are you worried? Um, like, is it is it a trend that's going to continue? And we're all kind of like, uh, it's probably an anomaly. It's against good teams. It's a weird matinee weekend. And then you get this this game in Columbus where you should be the like pretty heav- heavy favorite um, in most positions on the ice. And uh, we saw what happened. 